Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey friend, you're listening to Truth Talks with Tara, a podcast dedicated to helping you know, love, and live God's word. I'm your host, Tara, and I am so glad that you're here. Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So, what do you say? Let's get into it. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited. I know I start every episode with that, but I am truly so pumped because I have not recorded for the podcast in a couple months. This is my first episode back since maternity leave, since I had my little baby boy. And today I'm finally sharing my birth story, which I know everyone has been asking. Truly, I have gotten so many questions asking about how our birth went and to share that story. And so I'm going to fill you in today. He is almost two months. In a couple days, he will be two months old. And so It's going to be fun to walk down memory lane and just share how we've been doing, how the whole delivery and labor process went, and then just how we're doing now. I love hearing people's birth stories. One of my favorite birth stories to listen to was uh, Sadie Robbs on her podcast. And so um, it was encouraging. It shared what they were going on and what they were going through. And so we're going to do that today. So I had Hunter on a Monday evening. That was a weekend that I was about 40 weeks. I had gone past my due date. My OB the whole entire pregnancy had thought that I would most likely be late, um, not just because I'm a first-time mom, but just like things weren't progressing very fast down there. She was doing checks every once in a while. You know, after 36 weeks, they do like a weekly check just to see if you're like dilated, if you're like getting along pretty well. And so I hadn't really been, but at that point, honestly, I think it was the Lord and just how also like my attitude, I was actually okay with it. Um, 
I know that a lot of mom, moms get super antsy around like the 37-week mark because after 37 weeks is when it would be okay for your baby to come. They would be considered full-term. Um, but I really wasn't that antsy. I think it's because my doctor was like most likely going to be late and not in a discouraging way. It was just, I mean, it's probably how it was going to go. So I had reached my due date, which was March 4th and no baby, but that was okay. So we were just kind of hanging out. Um, I was eating all the dates. I was trying to progress labor, but didn't really do a ton because I'm like, when baby comes, baby's going to come. We had an induction scheduled as well for like the 14th. So a little bit after I was really hoping that I wouldn't have to be induced, but again, if that's what God wanted to do with timing, that's what was going to happen. So it was a Saturday night, the Saturday before he was born. Again, he was born on a Monday. Um, Saturday, I started having irregular contractions in the evening. And I have like this contraction tracker on my phone. And so I was like on my phone, like timing the contractions. They were super irregular. They tell you, I mean, everyone's kind of opinion is different. But like what I heard from my OB and some classes I took was, when your contractions are about five minutes apart, lasting for a minute, lasting for an hour, the whole duration of that pattern, then it's time to go to the hospital. And so I was kind of going off of that marker and we're only about 10, 15 minutes away from our hospital. So I'm thankful it wasn't too long of a drive, you know, so we didn't have to like super plan it out. We could leave, you know, if we needed to at a later time. So I was timing the contractions, but they were anywhere from like two minutes apart to like 12 minutes apart to like eight minutes apart. So they weren't really at that pattern of five one one so I was just kind of laboring at home really I didn't really know what was going on but first time mom like I just felt like you know I should just keep a close eye on it because I didn't want to have a baby at home <laughs> I didn't want to have a home birth um so I kept an eye on it and then I labored Saturday really at home had those irregular contractions they weren't too bad and then Sunday rolled around and we ended up staying home from church and I was just in like I was pretty uncomfortable. I wasn't in a lot of pain yet. And then Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening came around and I was in a lot of pain. Like the contractions were pretty intense. Like I was still able to talk through them. I was still able, to, you know, to get through them, but they were pretty uncomfortable. I ended up taking multiple baths just to give myself relief, which did help a lot. Um, and then, you know, just kind of talking it through with Michael and then Monday at like 1130 they were getting really bad or Sunday sorry at 1130 that night they're getting pretty bad and so I told Michael I'm like maybe we should think about going to the hospital they were still irregular but they were getting a little bit closer together but not still that 511 pattern but again since I was first time mom I just decided let's just go to the hospital and just check and see what's happening because what if I was in labor what if the baby was coming I just didn't know so we ended up going to the hospital at about 1.30 or 1 a.m. in the morning on Monday morning, because at that point it was like Monday morning early. Um, so I went to the hospital and they checked me. I was pretty sure I was having a baby then. So obviously Michael drove me and we had our bags packed. We've had our bag, we had our bags packed in our car for a while. But um, so drove there and they did a cervical check and they're like, yeah, you're only dilated one centimeter, but you're fully effaced. And I'm like, okay, that's... I guess a good sign, but I was also kind of discouraged. I'm like, dang. Um, so they did a few more like monitoring things and then they sent us home. So by the time we got home doing all the tests and stuff, it was about four or five in the morning. And then at that on Monday, I already had my 40 week appointment scheduled on Monday at like 930 in the morning. And so I figured, okay, we'll just go. She'll probably just send me home again and I just won't have a baby today and that's okay. So I went to my appointment. I had Michael drive me because I was in quite a bit of pain. Um, again, like 
I feel like I have a pretty high pain tolerance, but they're pretty uncomfortable. But I had him drive me just because probably not the safest to like have a contraction and like have to like... <laughs> like stop and like just be there for a moment and process while I'm driving so went to the doctor's office told her what had happened at the hospital and I'm like yeah I'm not really dilated at all and and then she texts me and she's like you're like three or four centimeters time to go to the hospital and have a baby I'm like what (laughs) I was startled that I had progressed so much in just a matter of like three or four hours since I had been at the hospital and uh, my OB's office is right across the street from the hospital and so Michael and I were kind of in shock because we just didn't think it was going to happen that soon, but we we got our stuff, and we, since we had all our bags packed, and Michael was with me, we just drove right over across the street to the hospital and got admitted around like 10 a.m. in the morning or so, so... I was admitted then and um, had amazing nurse nurses and staff. And honestly, our experience was really good at the hospital. I have to be honest, I wasn't sure how it was going to go because I hadn't been to a hospital or hadn't had like, you know, an experience at a hospital, um, at a medical facility, you know, besides like my doctor's office, you know, since the pandemic. And so I just wasn't sure how it was going to go. But it was honestly amazing. The staff was so understanding. They were so helpful. They were so kind. Um... And so I got all set up in my bed, got my little gown on. Um, It's funny, I had like a cute like um, gown that I was going to wear like, you know, in in the hospital and then I forgot about it and just wore the hospital gown to deliver, which is totally fine. (laughs) Um, But just things that you kind of forget about. And we kind of got settled and I was having contractions. They were getting closer together. Um, My water hadn't broke or hadn't like lost anything else, but... um, around five or six centimeters, I believe, I was at that point where it was getting pretty painful, which is around transition, where your body transitions into, you know, that time where it's almost time to push, you know, around 10 10 centimeters. And I had this goal of doing the labor unmedicated, so without an epidural or anything like that. Um, And it was more of just a goal for me, like, I mean, it's my first baby. It was just like, I'd like to do that, but I was open to the possibility of getting it. Um... But me and like my pride and like wanting to be tough, I really didn't want to get it. So we got to about that point and I was in a lot of pain. I hadn't slept since Saturday because through Saturday evening and Sunday, I hadn't really slept because I was pretty uncomfortable. Um, And so just probably I was running on a few hours of sleep. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. 
And the nurses were like, we're so supportive. And so were, so was Michael. They're like, we're supporting you and not wanting to get the epidural. But here's the pros. Like, you'd be able to rest. You'd be able to take a nap. Um, and so I considered that. And um, I didn't want to get the epidural too late because you can get to that point in labor where you can't get it. So I ended up getting it, which I'm so thankful I did. And mamas out there or soon-to-be mamas, um, make the plan that you want to do and have people around you that are going to support you, whether you want to do it with an epidural or not, whatever your birth plan is, because there's a lot of other things that you can plan out, but also be open to the possibilities of just not knowing how your body's going to react, especially first time mom. I had no idea what labor was going to feel like. So um, got the epidural. Honestly, it was not as scary as everyone says it is. Um, the needles are so much smaller now. And I know some people just have a thing about needles. I really don't care because at this point, I have had so many needles as far as like blood drawn and like IVs and things from being in the hospital and having like blood work done because of my illness. So um, I'm not really that bothered by needles, but I didn't see it, didn't feel it. They numbed me up great. The epidural took really well because I've, I've heard of people having bad experiences with their epidural and it just not taking well or it being painful or, you know, and I was worried that I wouldn't be able to feel anything. I mean, I obviously wanted the epidural to help with the pain, but I wanted to make sure that I was able to still feel contraction. So at that point, when it came time to push, that I'd be able to know when to push because you have to push the contraction. Um, but it took really well. So I was able to feel pressure, um, but I wasn't in pain. So I, I could know when the contractions were coming. So um, yeah, I don't I think that was around like 4 p.m. in the late afternoon when I got the epidural, three or four in the afternoon, and I kind of just chilled. I, I rested, relaxed. I was on um, a liquid diet, which they put you on. So I had like chicken broth and like jello and juice and just kind of hanging out. I wasn't that hungry, so it ended up working out. Michael was great. Just we just kind of sat and um, texted friends and family, asked them to pray, um, kind of like scrolled social media, just kind of like tinkered around. I took a little bit of a nap. I don't know if I was able to fall asleep, but I was able to rest. Um, so that was that process. And, um, around, I want to say around eight o'clock or so, or maybe seven thirty, um, a nurse came in and checked me. They don't like to check you a ton, um, just to reduce, um, the any any risk or any option of getting an infection or you know just messing with too many things down there so they didn't check me a ton so I was just kind of curious where I was at but then she checked me around seven or eight I think it was more like eight o'clock um and she checked me and she's like okay you are 10 centimeters dilated we can start pushing and it had felt like a long time in the hospital and yet not like that much time at all because all of a sudden she's like we can push and then I'm like the baby's coming um so my doctor hadn't quite gotten there yet but like I ended up pushing for about an hour a little over an hour um so she had plenty of time to get there and she was there for like at like the second push so I was pushing for about an hour and a half and then baby came and honestly Michael and I like look back at the in, in that moment and it didn't feel like it didn't feel like an hour of pushing. It felt like 15 minutes or something like that. It was super wild. It went so fast. I think it's because my doctor was so amazing. Um, I had the epidural, which helped a lot too. And uh, Michael was an amazing coach. He was helping me count. He was like giving me water every couple couple pushes because like I was like so dry from like the stamina it took to push the baby out. Um, but it just kind of like went like that in, in a flash it felt like. So 
pushed and baby came out he let out this beautiful scream and cleared his lungs um he was beautiful he didn't have too much of a dent in his head you know how they kind of get like the dent in their head from pushing under that bone to get out um immediately had some amazing skin to skin time um michael and i just wept when he came out like just this rush of emotions obviously the most incredible thing ever and um he came out full head of black hair um just beautiful beautiful healthy everything looked great um able to have that sweet time just the just the three of us and had to have him on my chest for a good hour and a half or so and then um there were a few complications um afterward actually so when he came out he ended up doing some damage um not to himself but but to me to mama um and i'll spare you all the details um but basically i lost a lot of blood and my doctor and another doctor and nurses ended up having to work on me for about an hour and a half and since i had lost so much blood i became paler than a ghost whiter than the sheet and my um, blood pressure started dropping I hemorrhaged pretty, pretty bad. And so I was very out of it. I'd never passed out, but I don't remember a lot that happened um, those next couple hours because my blood pressure had dropped so much. I was so out of it because of the blood loss. And so Michael being the amazing trooper that he was, um, had to, you know, or got to be with baby, change those first diapers. He, you know, he watched over him as they did the tests and they monitored him and things like that. And I was able to feed him a little bit. I was able to nurse him a little bit, but I honestly don't remember that. Michael had to tell me that because I don't, that was at that point where I was starting to kind of fade off. Um, so I was able to feed him a little bit, but he needed a little more food because I wasn't able to feed him um, because I was so out of it and they were working on me. Um, so Michael gave him a little bit of formula, um, which I was totally okay with. I'm like, he just needs to eat, right? So um, he was healthy and taken care of and he was amazing. They weighed him and he was fine. But I just had to take those next couple hours just to kind of recover because, man, I was so out of it. The anesthesiologist came in and gave me a little bit of medication to help me get my blood pressure back up because it was dropping significantly. Um, it was pretty it was pretty scary there for a while. I really don't know if it was like touch and go, but um, I was losing a lot of blood and they were scrambling. Um, and it was pretty serious in the room as they were working on me. So that took a while. And then they finally got things um, patched up back together and um, started kind of coming out of it and feeling a little bit better. Um, and then from there, um, since I got the epidural and just because of the blood loss and just the complications that happened afterwards, I wasn't able to leave my bed for like 24 hours um, or like a little less than that maybe. So Michael had to do all the diapers. He was a trooper. He did a great job. Um, but I wasn't able to like get up and do those diapers and get up and do those things. But the nurses were incredible. Michael was incredible. They gave, they brought me the baby. Um, I took care of a lot of those things like that. At first, I kind of felt bad that I wasn't there to do his diapers and to get up and walk around and grab him and, you know, do those things. And that the nurses had to give me my baby instead of me getting out of bed and taking him, you know, but honestly, I was so thankful for the help and the support. The nurses were incredible. They were so helpful. They were, um, helping me learn how to nurse and, um, they did a lot of the diapers, a lot of the swaddling so that I could rest and so that Michael could rest. And so looking back, it was just 
a blessing because I was a little bit sad that I wasn't able to do that. But my body had just gone through so much. Um, and it's just such an emotional time and you're so tired, but you're so happy. Um, but it was amazing to have that help and support there. Um, just such constant encouragements, honestly, and through the whole like pushing and labor, like actual labor, active labor process, um, had the best cheerleader in my doctor and in the nurses. And so the whole experience was so positive. Um, we had that little bump in the road with the complications, but, um, after that, the doctors were kind of thinking that I might have to have a blood transfusion because I had lost so much, and um, they had kind they had checked my um, my blood type, and I apparently didn't qualify. I believe I didn't qualify for the blood transfusion, or they didn't have my blood type, like enough of my blood type. I'm not sure. It's one of those two, but basically, I wasn't able to get a blood transfusion, and so they were just gonna monitor me and watch me. Um, until like the next day and see if like my blood levels had risen and so we went through the night um fed baby every couple hours the nurses came in to wake me up and um to help me with that because man learning to nurse in the hospital was a struggle um it's just hard because like it's this newborn baby that's hungry and they don't really know how to latch they don't really know what they're doing and then mama I didn't know what I was doing so um they helped me so much and was just able to um just focus on nursing and then resting when I could um, they just helped me be comfortable and it was, it was such a blessing. And so then the next day, um, when it came that time to check me, um, praise the Lord, they, they took a blood sample to see where my blood levels were at and my blood levels had risen to a good point where I didn't need a blood transfusion, which was amazing. Such an answer to prayer. If I didn't have to get one, I wouldn't, uh, you know, like it's better just to not if your body can catch up. And it was an amazing thing that God created the female body to do to recover after pregnancy. And then also just a miracle that he worked in my body to not have to do that. And so I was kind of on the up and up. Um, the epidural was wearing off. So I was just really sore. Um, starting to feel more things, but heart so, so full. Um, Hunter was so healthy. He had, he was an amazing weight. He um, just had that strong cry. He was, um, he had passed all of his tests as far as like hearing and all those things that they have to do for baby. And so Michael and I, um, just spent that time hanging out together and getting to know Hunter. And the sad thing about our hospital experience was that we weren't able to have like my mom or any visitors. But at the same time, although we would have loved to see our family, um, we did get to see them like right after we got home from the hospital, but we actually thought it was a blessing and it ended up, sorry, <laughs> it ended up being kind of a blessing in disguise that it was just the three of us in the hospital because with my recovery and with just what an emotional and exhausting process it is um we were actually thankful that we just got to have that time just the three of us to get to know hunter so that i could learn how to nurse so that i didn't have to worry about what i looked like or how i felt and people came rushing in my room because honestly it probably would have been pretty overwhelming for me and for michael so we were really thankful we ended up staying at the hospital for let's see here we got in monday morning and we left wednesday like around noon or one so we weren't there too long considering my recovery and stuff and so um gave baby his bath. Um, my nurse and lactation consultant taught me how to use the pump and all the things and felt pretty ready to go, kind of hobbling around um, the hospital room, but was so excited just to get out of the hospital, even though it was like an amazing experience. So we left around Wednesday afternoon around noon or one and ended up going home. Again, not that long of a drive to get home because like the hospital's not that far away, but it was kind of a weird feeling because you leave your house 
um, like pregnant and like knowing that you're going to have a baby, but it kind of doesn't sink in. And then you come home and you have a baby and you're like, and everything changes just like within a two days, day and a half. And so it was such a relief to come home. We had amazing friends and family who came and like cleaned the house and like took care of our dog and, um, brought meals that first couple weeks we were just flooded with food, like more food than we could have ever known what to do with. But Man, pro tip, if you know someone who was going to be pregnant or is going to have a baby soon, bring them food. Just bring them food because that's something that like, honestly, I believe that you shouldn't have to think about when you have a baby. It was just such a blessing to not have to worry about that and just to be able to sit and be with Hunter and cuddle him and learn how to feed and just process those things and just have that time uninterrupted, you know, this first week or two. So... Honestly, that's kind of our birth story in uh, in the big overview. I'm probably missing some details, but um, ended up just having to recover. It was about a couple weeks until I was feeling back to normal and where I didn't just have to like shuffle and hobble around the house. But Hunter always did amazing. He um, caught on to feeding really well. He has gained weight really well. And so no complaints, no... We're just so blessed. Man, God has given us a beautiful healthy baby boy and all things considering has really blessed me as far as recovery as well and I'm just so thankful for Michael and the support he's given and uh, just the constant help he has been and man motherhood is the best it is everything that I knew I wanted but didn't realize how it was going to be until it actually happened and so we are just in heaven our family is complete. Even though we, we want to have more kids in the future, we just feel like our hearts are complete. And this is exactly, man, God's timing is beautiful. And the gifts he gives are more amazing in his timing and in his sovereign will than we could ever plan. And oh gosh, I'm going to cry, but I, we just are so in love. We are so thankful. We are um, so overjoyed that we had a great experience at the hospital and that God really was sustaining us the whole entire time, even with complications. And so that is really the overview of our birth story and how Hunter came into this world. So thanks for listening. I it's probably, I don't know if it's as exciting as maybe some people were expecting it. You know, besides the complications and a little bit of diciness there for a while, we had an amazing, smooth process, and I couldn't be more, more thankful for that. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe. Um, side note, the podcast is back in action, obviously, as you're listening, but we have some amazing podcasts coming up. And then also another thing I wanted to remind you guys is that there are a lot of episodes in the backlog, in the history that maybe you haven't listened to on subjects that maybe you're wanting. I get a lot of DMs asking questions about the Bible or questions about topics. And I'm like, hey, there's actually a podcast episode for that. Just go back in the archives and find some. We have some amazing guests and sisters and friends on the show and ones to come. So make sure to do that. Subscribe, share this episode to your story if it encouraged you or go back and listen to some other ones. If you could also leave a rating and review for the show, that would be the biggest blessing. The cool thing about about leaving a rating and review is that it helps more people find the podcast and in turn when more people do find the podcast when the the podcast is like elevated in charts and and um, is shown to more people on the podcast app 
ultimately it helps more people come to know, love, and live God's word, which is the goal of this show here. And so that's the most important way that you could partner with this show. If you love it, to leave a rating and review, um, it is the the sweetest thing. It brings me to tears to read your reviews and I'm humbled that God would use this because it's all about him. It's all about him. So I love you. Thank you again for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode.